talk radio, music, and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net. A four-story building in Los Angeles that once served as a symbol of uniting Korean Americans together as a community is now at the forefront of an ongoing struggle between factions fighting over its control. I spoke with a local journalist to learn more about the history of the dispute and how it is moving forward through the American legal system. My name is Victoria Kim. I'm a reporter with the Los Angeles Times. Um, I cover Koreatown and the Korean community. It's sort of a, a new beat that the LA Times has recently developed because of Koreatown being such an important part of the city and its landscape. The building was purchased by the community in uh, 1975, and it was because they um, didn't really have a focal point where they could get together to talk about the community or, or have uh, meetings. Um, so they cobbled together donations. Some donations were as small as $10 in order to support the cause. And uh, there's actually a, a, a fairly famous story where um, the head of the Korean community here went back to Korea and asked uh, President Park Jong-hee at the time for some support, and uh, the Korean government came to chip in that way as well. Uh, it was about two years ago in uh, 2014 that the head of the foundation that is tasked with managing this facility and um, managing the income that is generated from it he passed away in a tragic car accident. And in the wake of that, they held a board meeting and uh, the vice chair of the board at the time um, decided, he uh, he argued that he should be the one to just serve out the term um, of the previous chairman who uh, passed away. Um, and there was an opposing faction that wanted to hold a elections anew to appoint a new chairman. Um, so the way it was uh, presented in court documents, the way it happened was the vice chairman declared the meeting over and uh, walked out. The people who were remaining held their own election. And since then, there have been two groups of people who claim to be the legitimate board members who uh, have control over this building. As the legal battle to control the community center has continued, Costs for both factions have risen, but no clear victory has been achieved by either side. It's been a very drawn-out process, and I think one of the most uh, upsetting parts for a lot of the community members is that the profit that is supposed to go towards community good has been going to um, attorney's fees and might be for some time to come. Um, there is no trial date set. There have been a lot of delays because uh, attorneys were disqualified, um, judges were disqualified along the way. It's been a very contentious legal fight. So there's sort of no end in sight to sorting this out and getting um, things straightened out. There's actually a similar situation in New York where there's a, a contested election there for the Korean, uh, Korean Association there. Um, and that uh, legal fight just ended. So they're now going to be able to patch things up and start uh, functioning as a group for this situation here in Los Angeles. It's sort of no end in sight as of now. The controversy has come to a head at times where it, it did come to sort of shouting matches in the hallways where um, a, a police officer told me that uh, some Korean-speaking officers were being called out to the building sort of almost on a day-to-day -day basis. 
Um, there have been restraining orders issued, there are injunctions issued, um, and in the process of each side uh, trying to take control of the building, they've brought locksmiths in the dead of the night to change the locks that had been um, installed by the other side. Um, and one of the contentions in obtaining the restraining orders was that one of the um, men who were involved when the, in this um, came to the building armed. And he says that he had every right to be armed because he works as a security guard and he was just on his way home from work. Recently, a judge scheduled a status conference on the legal fight to be held in April. And I spoke with a business and commercial law expert to find out how the legal battle could one day end. My name is Andrew Barber. I've been an attorney for about uh, eight years, the first four of which I spent working in South Korea. Most of the work I do uh, is real estate and commercial, but that also includes um, a lot of work in uh, corporate governance for LLCs, uh, corporations, nonprofits. Most of the time, uh, corporations, whether for-profit or non-profit, they're, they're going to have a set of bylaws in place um, that go through a number of factors. You know, what, uh, what powers uh, a given officer has, what powers the board has, what constitutes a quorum for the, uh, for the board of directors to act. And if an organization doesn't have such bylaws, typically a state will have um, statutes in place to fill in those gaps and will prescribe what the rules sort of procedural rules for the for the corporation are and uh, you know in the case of the foundation in los angeles i would expect that the kinds of problems that they're having um, are not so much a failure in the governing documents as they are sort of a, a failure in the uh, the corporate culture of the entity you know if the court is cornered and has to make a decision one way or the other on the you know on who gets to to run the operation they'll probably go for you know what the rules are and what they were meant to be, you know, even if there are some flaws in how they were enforced. And finally, with so much money and time being spent on the ongoing legal battle surrounding LA's Korean American Community Center, I asked attorney Andrew Barber how other foundations can prepare ahead of time to avoid facing the same problems. There are a few things that an organization can do, I mean, to avoid some of the problems. You know, the foundation, for instance, is facing. Um, I think, first of all, the founders should make the organization's mission, like what it's going to do with its money, um, they should make that very clearly spelled out for everyone. And I think, secondly, of course, they should have, you know, a very um, clear set of bylaws, what the procedures are going to be. Um, more important than that, though, is they need to make sure that people are going to follow it. And the leadership of the organization um, needs to set an example by following those rules, um, stressing the importance of everyone else following them as well. Um, third, the members of the organization, they really need to keep tabs on what's going on with the organization. Um, they're the ones that elect the directors. Um, and those directors, in turn, they appoint the officers to the, to the organization. You know, it's at a grassroots level, I suppose, but the members do fundamentally have the power to make these changes. Um, and if they if they band together, if they're if they're frustrated with how things are going, they can take action. Um, but often, you know, members can be a little apathetic, especially in the case of a nonprofit where they're not going to see any distributions, they're not going to see any dividends from the company. Um, you know, they may not have such a vested interest in keeping tabs on it. But everyone, you know, from the top to the bottom, has a role in keeping order. For KoreaFM.net, I'm Chance Storland.